All right, guys, here we go. Northeast podcast. We have all kinds of things to talk about. The Vikings are officially eliminated. We're going to talk some Timberwolves. We have all sorts of soccer talk. Here we go. Northeast podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Pretty good, man. I'm uh, I'm all right. Kind of a rough sports weekend. How are you? I'm doing well because um, sports are just dead for me, and so there's nothing to mourn when it's already gone. Okay, that's a good point. You know, just everything. It, 2020 worst year ever. Also, worst sports year for me. So. There's just nothing to be upset about anymore. I've actually replaced sports in my with life. yoga. Uh, no, with with, yoga? with um, the the fifth professional sport in America, the challenge. Oh God! I tried to watch that today. <laughs> it's so bad. No, it's great. It's so bad. I mean, other than, I mean, the 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 Gopher hockey bandwagon is uh, is humming along, well, but play. it could crash at any. They moment. don't play for weeks. I understand. I'm just saying that that's your that's your saving grace. Go for hockey and the challenge. That's how low we are on sports at this point. Um, all right, guys. So please, please, please give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcast from. You get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. And also, since it's the season of giving, please give us a five star rate and write us up a nice little review because uh, we deserve it. And it would be a great little Christmas gift for your favorite podcast, the Nordeast Podcast. That'd be great. Yeah, we'll put you on the nice list. Um, did I you guys know that I tweeted, I tweeted this week? Yeah, I loved it. Did you see my tweet? Did you retweet the tweet? No, but I liked it. Did it get any action at all? No. Okay. I, <laughs> uh, dude, why do we even say Twitter? Let's just drop that. Here's great. It's all hey yo if you're listening to this find me on the gram shoot me a message that's where we're at. Um, also, guys, uh, this week on our next episode on our screencast tomorrow we are dropping the 2020 Nordy Award nominees. Huge, huge episode. Everybody loves the Nordies. It's always our most listened to episode of the year. It will be no different this year. It may have been a terrible year, but that doesn't mean that the Nordies are going to be terrible. They're going to be freaking great. We are going to find every ray of sunshine in 2020, and we are going to put it into one epic podcast for you guys. Yeah, and let's and let's sort of let's break down the power rankings of like uh, you know national awards. I think it goes Oscars, mm-hmm. Emmys, and then the Nordies in terms of. Right. Uh, how how big the reach is? Yes. I, I would say that you know perfect. across America, Golden Globes would follow right behind us. Um, yeah, that's I um, think that's the big four. I think like a Nickelodeon award, an MTV award, or maybe a Razzie or whatever it's called. How about the Spike Music Awards? How about an SB? SBs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we are leaving out we are leaving out the Grammys. I mean, the Grammys could be in the mix. I mean, you can make a good argument, but I mean, we're we're at the very least in the top five. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, guys. Better so than the fucking CMAs, we know that. Oh, for sure. Okay. All right, guys. Here we go. Big time uh, episode for you guys. Lots of sports to talk about. And before we do that, we are going to dive into the beers that we are drinking. So, what are you guys drinking tonight? 
Okay, I'm going to start because I'm the odd man out here, um, but I have the Moobies, Moobies Pilsner from Indeed that Indeed brewed in conjunction with Kevin Smith with his uh, Minneapolis Moobie pop-up, um, which, by the way, onion rings, overrated. Burger, shockingly good. Very, very fucking good burger. So, yeah, I paid $75, I think, for my meal <laughs> today, um, but it's all worth it. It was fun. I'm, I, I was there for the hype, boys. Go ahead. It's all for that Instagram clout, you know? And also, yeah. I think you made a huge mistake. Throw those onion rings on the burger. Oh, you know, the burger was really perfect. I wouldn't even want it to fuck with it. It was amazing. It already had onion Yeah, on but it. that's a, the pro move is, like, if I'm, if I'm not eating the onion rings, I'm going to throw them on the burger, and you immediately make both better. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Opportunity wasted. That's okay. Next time you spend 75 bucks on a burger, <laughs> a four-pack, and some onion rings, you could do that. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Ryan, what are you drinking? Uh, what are we drinking? Um, Falling Knife Hidden Temple. And you want to know why I got this? Is because of the show Legends of the Hidden Temple. I saw Hidden Temple and I was like, I know it's probably not the same thing because it's probably uh, one is a TV play play on like, uh, no, it's it's definitely for Legends of Hidden Temple, but I think it's like a play on like, um, well, uh, what was that? That Atari game, uh, uh, the jungle pitfall. I think it's sort of like the the can sort of looks like it's a play on that can. But um, either way, uh, it's a hazy IPA with a couple different hops. It's from Falling Knife. Good uh, up and coming uh, brewery. Uh, really good beer. They, really enjoy it. Did got, they get nominated? Some... Did yeah. they make our noms? Yeah. They did. Big yeah. deal. Big fucking deal. Let's go. So yeah, Falling Knife. Great year. Um, definitely a dark horse for us, but I do really like what they're putting out and hidden temple is another really good one from them. It's got this weird, um, like it is a hazy, but it's also got like a little bite to it. I like it. It's got a little bit of that hop kind of bite. It's, it's fantastic. All right, guys, it is time to warm up our muscles for this sports cast. Jim, what do you got? Okay. Okay. Um, you guys may recall maybe two weeks ago, a while ago, we identified our backup NBA teams. Okay teams that you would follow if you did not have the option of your home team yeah. and it was popular people were tweeting at me fucking sending me messages like why wouldn't you go with these guys or these guys so i want to do it again i want to run it back but i want to do it for football i want you guys to pick your backup football teams you can choose one or two um the vikings are dead to you they have left town you will you cannot choose them go i know what eric's pick is going to be and it's going to seem a little bandwagon but i think I like having um, my teams in the same city, like uh, under the umbrella of if I ever moved there, then it would be very close. Um, obviously, you can't pick the Packers, can't pick the Bears, no. definitely not picking the Lions. Um, there's really nothing around here. There's the Chiefs and the Broncos, I think, um, unless you want to go further east and go like Cincinnati or Cleveland and what a waste. I would never be a Philly fan. I don't think the Colts would really work. Eric says it's 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 boring St. Paul. Um, I think I'm going with the Denver Broncos. I know they don't have a lot of a lot of hope right now, um, especially in that in that division. But I think I would I think I would just go uh, Broncos since I was going to pick the Nuggets, and they've got a pretty good history, good stadium, great city. So that would be my pick. Okay. Okay. Um, I would have picked the Chiefs this whole time. Yeah, right. would, that's what I thought you were going to say. I would have picked the Chiefs for years. It was my favorite place I've ever been to see a game. 
It's an awesome stadium. It's the best stadium. It's the best tailgating. They have the best quarterback that's ever been born on this earth. They have one of the best coaches. They're the most exciting team in the league. They have great fans. But they booed the moment of unity, talking mostly about racial issues in our country. And therefore, they lost me as a fan forever. So I would pick the Denver Broncos because they also have good fans. But I have to fly to Denver anyways. So then I'm just like, well, I guess I just fly anywhere. So I started thinking, like, where would I want to fly? So I think I would be a fan. I would say the Rams because um, they're in L.A. It'd be fun to go to L.A. in that big stadium, and they have cool jerseys. But they're also owned by Stan Kroenke, and I have had enough of a time being a fan of a team run by Stan Kroenke. So I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. I would just make a trip out to California every year. Great stadium, great unis, well-run team, and in a state that's not about to boo a moment of unity. Okay. Well, but here's the here's the, let me let me just play devil's advocate briefly. You're flying to San Francisco. The very that's a seven hundred dollar flight. Uh, your hotel or Airbnb is insanely expensive. All your food out there is immediately like triple the price. I feel like like Denver, you can find tickets round trip for under two hundred bucks. Like I mean, this yeah. is a it's a hop, skip, and a jump. It's a quick two hour flight. Problem is, the first I think stadium sucks and it's really hard to get to, and it's like. Yeah, it's way a up dump, there. and you have to like m- like walk like a mile to get to the stadium. The experience, like a mile high. Yeah, this <laughs> experience experience there was just okay. Maybe Seattle is another team I would consider. I'd probably go west for some reason. I don't know why. Okay. I w- I would say like Pittsburgh, but they're like too popular. And no. I already have been a fan of the Vikings, so like, why would I jump on a team like Cincinnati or Cleveland? Um, well, I think I think that, and, and despite the the racial overtones about the moment of unity. I think KC is quickly becoming like the Golden State Warriors several years ago, mm-hmm. where it's like the trendy popular pick, obviously because they're very good. And so it would it would look a little dubious dubious if you're like, I'm gonna go from a Vikings fan to a Chiefs fan well th- this season. Plus you don't want to jump on a team that might have to change their name or maybe changing their name too. Which they would be yeah. next on the the list of teams that could make that switch. You guys know mine. It's the Buffalo Bills. You know why? Because they're losers like the Vikes. They've been to the, they've been City. four Super Bowls and lost them all, just like us. They're our sister team in the, the AFC, and therefore I would probably just move my misery over the, over there. And it, what a horrible And not only did they lose I'd four. be miserable every time I go there, just like I am for the Vikings. So it'd be perfect. I need uh, our guy Pete to uh, message us tomorrow and correct me on what was the right answer because yes. he was extremely right last time with his pick of uh toronto raptors so i'm gonna wait and hear what he has to say pete hybrid what up get at us on this one i'm sure you have a better answer okay i think uh real quick on jimbo's pick you at the the very least you would get the buffalo tailgate of people being slammed through tables so there's there's dude i'd risk the back to go for it to just go through the table (laughs) dude backup team quick would be the raiders i got a buddy that's into the raiders and he looks really cool in his black hat so that's an option too All right, uh, guys, we'll move on to some news here quickly. First up, sad news. Tom Henneman uh, died at a very young age. He's famous for being – Henneman, I'm sorry, is famous for being on uh, Fox Sports North, uh, covered the Timberwolves, and he died way too soon. Rest in peace, Tom. And, uh, yeah, I was sad to hear that, another, another bad thing that happened in 2020. 
Yeah, RIP Tom. Many time you'd go by and just kind of watch his broadcast there because he just, you know, they do it right out on just one of the concourses. So, um, yeah, good guy. Always enjoyed his work. Had, had like a really cool, uh, like unique voice. And he also did like, I think he was like the backup guy for the twins too. Yep. So whenever, whenever, you know, uh, one of the main hosts couldn't be there, who, you know, if it was, uh, Audra Martin or, you know, Jamie Hirsch, when she was here, Tom was always the guy right back in the booth. And you loved his voice was was always like refreshing because he always had like a, a, a good positive take or good positive questions. Um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed listening to him. That's that is very sad for the Twin Cities. Um, next up, Cleveland Indians are the Indians no more. Thankfully, yeah, in two years. Uh, so in the next two years, they're going to trans transition away from this name, the Indians, which isn't completely inappropriate. Uh, and they're going to move to a name that they haven't announced yet, but most people are guessing it will be named after the Cleveland Negro League affiliate. Uh, I'm sorry, not affiliate, um, former Negro League team of, of Cleveland. The Cleveland Spiders is what a lot of people are guessing. Cool. The Spiders had like an amazingly cool logo that is still popular there to this day. And so I'm kind of hoping that that's what it ends up being. Plus, that would be very cool. A lot of repeat names in in uh, sports mascots, and not a lot of spiders out there. Yeah, not a lot of bugs in general. Why not the butterflies? Where are they at? Not tough enough. Not tough enough. Okay. This is great news. I, it's I great hope news. Four teams follow suit, and the Washington football team, formerly known as the Washington Redskins, um, for being just an absolutely trash organization with a trash jackass, sexist, loser owner, Dan Snyder. Um, we have to give them credit, even though they're a trash organization, for starting this movement away from insensitive names that have been there for far too long and only exist because it's always been that way, which is never a good excuse. Yep. Look up, uh, if you guys go to the the old podcast, look up Scott Wilkie. Do a search there, W-I-L-K-E. Listen to his episode. That was fantastic. Native American dude, um, able to provide like a really good perspective on this. And then now they're falling like dominoes ever since that podcast. I don't know. I'm just saying could be coincidence, but, uh, <laughs> I think he, he had an impact on that. I think he did, man. And he did a great job on the pod. All right. It's also like, while it's, it's heartwarming, you know, or not heartwarming, I guess like it's, it's a positive move for society. It also sucks that like it took this long and I understand that there's lots of uh, money and marketing and contracts and all that stuff tied up in names and logos, but come on, like, let's, this is, let's get with the program. It's about to be 2021. Uh, there's a large outcry from many people that say uh, that are not um, 55 years and older, you know, crowd, like we don't need to listen to the boomers anymore about what our sports teams sh should be named. And so I'm happy um, I don't think it's moving fast enough, uh, but I'm glad that now we had zero teams six months ago, and now we have two. So that that definitely is a positive step. Yep. Chiefs and Braves, clocks, <laughs> balls in your court. And and tr technically, I think there are a lot of college teams that were that had their hands forced. But as far as pro sports yep. go, um, this they're the most visible. So this is a good step. Yep. I agree.
All right, guys. Next up, sticking with baseball. Shocking that we're giving you so much baseball news. Uh, the Twins have uh, restructured their minor league system for uh, the year 2021 and on. And it's going to start with uh, the St. Saint Paul Saints moving into the spot as their AAA affiliate uh, with CHS Field over there in St. Paul is one of the best venues in uh, the Twin Cities. It will be great that the St. Saint Paul Saints are actually part of Major League Baseball um, for the first time ever. And I think this is going to be a great move for baseball in the Twin Cities. So does that mean that the um, the St. Saint Paul Saints will no longer play those teams they used to play? Now they play different teams? Totally different teams, yes. Wow. And, so, and that's something they wanted to do. This is a bigger deal. This is like, this is the level directly below MLB. I think that they didn't want to do this for the longest time because they could make it a silly show with a pig bringing the ball out and all sorts of things, you know? And They, could, they can't do that? I bet not. What? But but here's the thing. My guess is that this last year hurt them to a place that they couldn't come back from, and that's mm. their only option. Oh, would be my guess. Well, then I think I think you also let's go. I think you have established a, a fandom there that that finds that like a very quaint venue to watch baseball. And now, if you put like actual talent and have it be meaningful and you can see like who's the next big superstar for the twins. I mean, we don't have a superstar, but you know what I mean? Like you you get to see the next, you know, big thing coming up. Um, I think that that means a lot. I mean, I know I have some friends in Cedar Rapids that used to watch just the single a, the the Cedar Rapids kernels and they were their single a affiliate. And like, they got to see Byron Buxton play when he was 18 and they were like, he's faster than anybody on the field. Um, So I think it's a, I think it's a great move to keep it local. Plus, you don't have to like fly somebody from Fort Myers, Florida up to, you know, Rochester just for them to, to move up a level, you know, like it's, it just seems it makes so much more like economic sense mm-hmm. and procedural sense. Like if you have like an emergency injury and you need to call somebody up from your AAA, they're a $25 Uber ride, you know, to target field. So I think, I think this is a great move, not only for the twin cities, but also for the twins and just baseball in general. Um, yeah, so their their affiliates now will be AAA St. Paul Saints, AA Wichita Wind Surge, High Single A Cedar Rapids Colonels, Low Single A Fort Myers Mighty Muscles. So in reality, the people of Wichita are happy because AA is kind of the jumping off point for the biggest stars in the organization. But AAA um, probably the most consistent team. So you could be a fan of the Saints, have season tickets and see a lot of the same players for the whole year, and then mm. also get pro players coming back from injury for a couple of games. So, you know, if there's an injury to Buxton, which will happen six times in a season, he's a mm-hmm. weekend series for the St. Saint Paul Saints now six times a year, something like that. Okay. All right, well, that'll be fun. I think it's, it's great news, and they haven't said it, but I'm assuming that the Saints were really probably hurting financially. And that they didn't really have another option. And this is going to be great for everyone involved, I hope. Cool. All right. Finally. Oh, yeah. Uh, gosh, I'm going to mess this up again. Um, I'm going to just guess. Logan Paul? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. None of us know. One of the I think it's Jake. 
One of the jackass Paul brothers. Oh, we can. We'll never get it right. Has challenged Conor McGregor to a fight. They supposedly have offered a guaranteed fifty million dollars to Conor McGregor, and then he spent a week being an absolute supervillain yep. on social media. I um, saw all that. So he followed. Real, real quick, Eric. It's Jake. Jake Paul. So Jake okay. Paul followed no one except for Conor McGregor's wife. Then he followed. Um, I can't. He added somebody. Then he added Dylan Dennis. Dylan Dennis's wife, who he claims to have slept with in the past or dated in the past. And then he is, he went to Dylan Dennis's gym, who's Conor McGregor's jiu-jitsu trainer. He's also a mixed martial artist. He went to his, his studio and threw stuff at him and called him names. He sent videos insulting McGregor saying, what are you doing, Conor? You're probably in a bar beating up some old man. <laughs> it was, he was such a villain and he was such a jerk but like it was it he's calling out dana white he's calling out connor and you bad ugly fuck <laughs> like he's so brutal i the thing that i think is great about this is that he knows that connor probably kicks his ass but he also doesn't care because he's trying to like quadruple his net worth by doing this yeah he doesn't care what happens to him. He's no. ready to make a lot of money. And he knows eventually that this is going to happen. Yeah. And then not only not only that, he's got all of his following is going to pay for the fight, right? But then there's people like me that's like, I kind of want to plunk down 50 bucks to watch Jake Paul get his face pounded into the mat. Me too. I want to watch. I would pay for it. That's why I know it's going to happen. It is for sure happening. Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor in 2021 is going to be the biggest clown show in all of sports. But the point I want to bring up is that yesterday uh, there was a big fight um, on the zone. I think they call it the, is that what it's called? The zone. So dumb. So on the zone, huge fight between Canelo Alvarez, who's like one of the great boxers. He's a Mexican champion. um, You know, one of the great boxers of the generation. He holds titles in numerous weight classes. He fought some guy in some big title fight. I think the guy's last name was Smith. I might be making that up. I don't even know. Okay. And that's my point. I am way more tied in as a massive sports fan to Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor than I am into actual boxers at the top of their game, champions fighting each other for title belts. And it shows you, one, how weak boxing is as a sport, how mm-hmm. fragmented, how the greed and the fragmentation of the sport killed it, but also that there is something to this celebrity public fighting thing that is really entertaining, even if we know it's awful. It's like watching a bad reality TV show. You can't look away, even though you know you should, because it's not good for you. You know... When these dudes that, that had some money back when this kind of all got going and these big things started getting up for pay-per-view, when they saw Dustin Diamond, is that his name, Screech from Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Fighting some other fat fuck? I watched it. That was wild as hell. <laughs> I would watch it that again. Was, like irresponsible, but it was an amazing thing to <laughs> I watch. Would watch again. I want more of that. And like we said the other day, I don't remember which podcast it was. One of the big podcasts might have been Bill Simmons or Pardon My Take or some big sports podcast. It was their idea. It was not ours, but I can't remember who it was. They said Jake Paul needs to just crown himself the celebrity boxing champion 
carry around a celebrity boxing title and just fight celebrities on pay-per-view for our viewing pleasure. Right. I'm, I'm in. It's not bad. I mean, that's and, what he's really essentially doing here. And because he's like, "Hey, Connor, I'm over. I'm two and zero in my boxing career. You're zero for one. Good point. Let's go." I loved it, and honestly, two just jackasses, two of the biggest douchebags in the whole world. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm paying. That was horrible too. Like, I, I don't. I, can they both lose? Oh, I, I'm hoping they fight three fights and they each win one and we get a $100 trilogy fight. Oh, and, hey, this is the kind of thing where dudes are taking. Yeah, no shit, right. <laughs> oh, God. Well, either that or if it goes the distance, the judges are calling it a draw. Yes, yes. So we can. By unanimous decision, it was a draw. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Okay. Millions of people bought it for $50 and they're going to do a rematch. For eighty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Time to move on to our Minnesota Vikings. You might be asking us, "Hey, Nordy's podcast. Why are you guys sounding so chipper when the Vikings' playoff odds after a terrible loss to the Chicago Bears plummeted down to two percent?" That's because this team sucks. We've known it all year long. We gave ourselves hope a few times. That hope was false. There was no mm-hmm. reason to buy into this team. They are who we thought they were. They started the year without. Daniel Hunter, their best pass rusher. They traded for Yannick Ngakwe, who they traded like two weeks later and got a less of a pick. They uh, signed Michael Pierce in the offseason, and he opted out because of COVID. You had Anthony Barr go down week one. Eric Kendricks has now missed a lot of time. Our opening day starting cornerbacks, Holton Hill, he's off the team now. And Mike Hughes has played his last game for the Vikings as well. Anthony Harris signed in the offseason and has an absolute tragic season on the franchise tag for us. Um, you know, the list goes on and on and on. We cut Pat Elfline, who was an opening day starter for us. The offensive line is still trash. This team has sucked all year long. They have a lot of fun skill players on offense that makes you get excited to watch the game still. But overall, they are who we thought they were. They go down to the Bears 33 to 27. They're six and eight. The season is all but over. Are we gonna get to do we two more games? Two more games. So are we getting to eight and eight? No. <laughs> After all. We're going to lose to the Saints on at New Orleans on Christmas Day. Oh, I'm not so sure, buddy. Yeah, we are. I don't know. They're <laughs> weird like that. Um, all right. So in this game, I, think, I think, Eric, you're crazy. Knowing the fact that we could get a better pick, the Vikings will do the absolute wrong thing and go in and hang 45 on the Saints gonna, next gonna week. And Minnesota wild it. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll be we'll just miss the playoffs because Arizona beat such and such on a last minute play, you know, whatever. Like you know that's going to happen, and then we're going to end up with the twenty third pick or whatever. Like it's going to be ridiculous. It's going to be stupid. Yep. So I first glass half empty. Okay. Starting with glass half empty, the defense. I mean, they've they are besides the special teams, which we it's I don't even want to talk about them. Uh, the defense is is glass half empty. I know they're missing a lot of guys. Yeah. This is a disastrous defense. They had a couple good weeks in the middle of the season, but overall they have been absolutely torn apart most of the weeks of the season. They're giving up over 30 points a game, you know, in many, many games, over 40 a few times. This is the worst defense Mike Zimmer's had with the team ever. Um, the D-backs are all rookies, it seems like. Uh, Anthony Harris making $11 million has been terrible. The linebackers, every one of them seems to be injured. The D line can't stop the run and can't get to the passer. 
This defense is horrible. Horrible. They're horrible. It's hard to watch. I mean, just watching Montgomery just gouge them in the run game, um, watching Mitch Trubisky find wide open guys rolling out, playing one side of the field against us. This was a disaster, and it's nothing new. It's been this way all season. We've been ripped apart by Andy Dalton. We've been ripped apart by everyone. This defense is horrible, and it ruins what is an actually fun team to watch. Also, yeah, like you said, though, I think I think sometimes we do play down. Like I think we played Russell Wilson pretty tough, barring the last drive. Um, like we held him in in check pretty well. But then, like you said, like the the Andy Dalton game is just is just mind boggling. Like how how is Andy Dalton set up to pick us apart like that? And I think it's just a I don't know if it's a, a a problem with the personnel because like you said, there's been so many guys in and out of the lineup that they just don't have a consistent uh, you know starting eleven on that side of the ball. But like it's, echoing what you said, just watching Trubisky like have all the time in the world. Um, he's athletic enough to get outside the pocket and just throwing dimes to Allen Robinson. It was just kind of like disheartening and disgusting. Like nobody, he has, the Bears haven't done anything in seven weeks that resembles a quality team. And they looked like a really good team offensively against us today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, now glass half full, the offense is an absolute blast to watch. Even when it's bad, it's still exciting. They can't pass protect to save their life. Uh, they're constantly giving up pressures straight up the gut which is the worst way to do it. But Jefferson with another 100-yard game, 8 for 103. Adam Thielen with his 13th touchdown of the year. Dalvin Cook with a big, huge game again like he always has. Um, He's closing in on 1,500 yards. Irv Smith coming to life here. He looks like the real deal. Tyler Conklin had a big game scoring his first touchdown. There's a lot of really fun pieces on this offense, and they have been the – if you're going to have a bad, disappointing year – at least have it with just weapons all over the field who are constantly making exciting plays. So as annoying as it is that we are going to finish the year, something like seven and nine, it at least has been fun to watch Jefferson's year, to watch Cook's year, to watch the offense be one of the best offenses in football and really shows you how shitty our defense is when they're like a top six offense in the league and we still lose games by like, six to ten points mm-hmm. um also one thing you did fail to mention is justin jefferson today broke randy moss's uh rookie receiving record for receptions in a season the, with two games vikings. to go for the vikings yes uh, the vikings rookie receiving record which to say you broke any one of randy moss's rookie receiving records i think is a huge deal for, He's gonna get, for the Vikings catch him in yards too. Oh, is he? Okay, yeah, I didn't look up that stat. I just know He's that. He's right on his heels in yards, and he already has more catches. He's ten touchdowns behind, so it really shows you the type of player. Well, that's true. That, that was also like uh, Randy just ran uh, go routes, and Dante threw it as hard as he could towards the end zone, and Randy went and got Cunningham. Oh. Oh, that's right. That's right. It wasn't Dante. Um, yeah, so Jefferson has been a blast. The whole offense. The offense is really fun. Like it's when, I watch, when I watch the team, I'm excited when the offense is on the field, and it's sickening when the defense is on the field. <laughs> Eric, is uh, is Tyler Conklin kind of a beast? Is he kind of like a, a monster that does 
he blocks really well, and he's actually kind of an underrated pass catcher. I'm not sure is that, about is that this stat, but I believe that Smith is their best blocking tight end. I believe, okay, I believe that yeah. he is their best, especially run blocking tight end. Um, but I think that the combo of Conklin and Irv makes Rudolph's days here done. Uh, Very I think Rudolph yeah. will come back here and may, I hope he gets to play in these last two games. I hope he gets a, a last game here um, against the Lions. You know, like I want him. Actually, we we don't. This was our last home game. Uh, but I hope Rudolph gets to finish out his career here with the Vikings playing and not sitting on the sideline. Um, but I do think that moving forward, Conklin and Irv is a nice little one-two punch of guys who are big, who are athletic, who you can, you know, move out wide, who can stay in and block. Like they're pretty nice modern tight ends. Like Conklin just didn't have a lot of play. Yeah, they've early in his career and early in the season, and then it just seems lately, either Kubiak or someone has said, actually, let's get him more involved because he's had quite a few like he used to just like have one catch like every three weeks and now he seems to be targeted i realize rudolph is hurt but even when rudolph was playing it seemed like they they maybe have found like a little bit of a diamond in the rough with him yeah no they were really excited about him when they drafted him too um i know uh irv is another one um i know he dropped the touchdown today uh but he has been really good the last two weeks coming back from injury he had uh a 92 grade which was the number one tight end one of the top players in the nfl last week uh, and then this week he dropped a tough one which sucked but other than that you know he's been really good too it's been fun getting the tight ends in the game a little bit more um yeah i mean there's just it's hard to rip the offense on this team they've done their job they are a playoff level offense they're they're like not good enough like the chiefs where it just doesn't matter what you do on defense because you mm-hmm. know you score whenever you want they're not that level but they're a le- legitimate playoff offense who can score with anybody in the league. They just have an absolutely horseshit defense and special teams. I was going to ask you, the um, this is for both you guys. So I read another article today after this game that's like, can we just get over it? Kirk Cousins is not the guy. He's not our franchise guy. He's not good enough. He, you know, he freezes. He has no internal clock. He, you know, is missing wide open people. You know, Jefferson today was caught on a hot mic being like, you know, come on, Kirk, would you fucking throw the ball? Like something like that. What do you guys think? I mean, I know it kind of goes up and down and I know you guys are more steady with it. You don't really ride those waves as much. Where are you at on this guy? All right, I'll go first and then Eric can come in and correct all of my uh, stupid takes. Okay. Um, the first thing is I think <clears throat> Kirk is worse than the numbers show, even the advanced statistics. And that's, and this is stupid, and I, I don't have that educative, educated of an eye, but he just doesn't pass the eye test. However, when you sort of factor in the fact that all of the offensive linemen are pretty below average on a whole, and Kirk is constantly like, he's always thinking about the next sack that's coming, it's hard to, to stand confidently in the pocket and deliver your throws when... You know, and and Jefferson calling out, you know, would you just throw the ball? Like, I don't – receivers think that they're open, A, every single time. Okay. And, B, that there's no quarterback pressure. And that Kirk was, you know, doing things that he – based on what he saw, was making a, a, a decision or sliding or he had to change his arm angle because someone was sticking their hand up on the D-line. So I think Kirk gets too much flack 
But then I also think people like Eric give him too much of the benefit of the doubt. I think there are situations where um, Kirk is lacking in sort of a killer instinct um, or the ability to just make plays like Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I know I'm listing like the top QBs in the league, but I'm just saying I, I feel like Kirk is just a step below them uh, when we need him in those scenarios. Um, like Eric also said, Irv dropped an easy touchdown. I mean, probably the easiest catch he could have ever made in his career uh, for a touchdown pass today, which is not on Kirk. Um, so I think I think it goes both ways, but I think Kirk is a perfect uh, offensive complement to the wide receiver, tight end, and running back weapons that we have currently. And I think given a much better offensive line, Kirk would be even better overall. So I don't, I'm not, I'm not off the Kirk bandwagon, but I also question it a little bit, but a lot less than like, you know, in the national news media is, you know, they, they love writing those articles. They're just easy. Yeah. They're easy to write. I think that Kirk is what he is and that's a good quarterback. But like, I think that there's, these are the categories. I think there's the category um, that's um, no one has ever been as talented as I am. Um, I'm going to be the greatest quarterback ever. And that has Patrick Mahomes in it. And then the next tier is, it doesn't matter who's my coach. Um, I'm a superstar player. Whoever's around me, I'm going to carry them to the playoffs every year. And that's um, Rodgers, Watson, Wilson, and maybe Brady. He's kind of washed, but I'm going to still put him there. And then the next group is like, you can scheme me into success. And that's like... Tannehill, Allen, Cousins, Carr, Ryan, Murray, Stafford, Jackson, Mayfield, Herbert, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and, and not that, Case Keenum. Not that Breeze and Roethlisberger aren't, you know, great players, but they um, are washed as can be at this point. I mean, they can okay. hardly play the game. So those guys are all like, if you have the right team around me and you have a good scheme and a great offensive coordinator. I can be a superstar or I'm like just a good quarterback. I think cousins is in that group. And I think there's a lot of quarterbacks in that group. And then if you're not, if you don't have one of the guys in those three groups of Patrick Mahomes, I'm a superstar, or you can scheme me into being a stud. You're in big trouble. Okay. And so I think he's in that group of like a lot of quarterbacks where like, you know, on the right year cousins could be an MVP candidate Uh, on a bad year. He could lead the league in interceptions, you know, like mm-hmm. he's, he's good enough to be our quarterback and it would be hard to replace him. Even if you weren't thinking about the money, because you're probably not going to be able to find someone as good as him easily at this point, but he can't get you to, or win you a super bowl or even the NFC or, you know, maybe even the division without having some real pieces in place around him. Now you also have to think about this, these receivers are not having epic seasons and Delvin is not having an epic season completely separate of cousins. Like Jefferson is tearing it up because cousins is throwing balls to him all over the field and he does have a great arm. It's just where cousins doesn't pass the eye test to me and to all of us is in a lot of the big pressure spots. And I think that sucks because that's where you need your quarterback to be a superstar. And that kind of sets apart the great ones from everybody else. And Cousins isn't everybody else when it comes to the big pressure moment. And so 
he's got the number one passer rating in the fourth quarter, but that doesn't always translate into the final two minutes. And I think that's why we're so frustrated as Vikings fans watching him play because we see the epic throws all over the place, but we also see just like when we're really counting on him to be the man, he, he isn't always the man. Except for like the, you know, I mean, you go back to the playoff game at New Orleans last season mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter in overtime, he's the reason we won that game. I mean, obviously the defense, you know, it turned the ball over and, and got to breeze late too. But, you know, in overtime, he had to make epic throws oh, yeah. to keep us. And he, and he was gunning them in there and it was a phenomenal drive. Nobody expected him to look like that on the drive. Everybody expected, uh, you know, interception Kirk, you know, to show up and he didn't. So um, to, to say that he doesn't have that in him, I think is, is false because he does. It just, it doesn't happen as often as the Russell Wilson's, the Aaron Rodgers, etc. you know, of the league. I just think that like, we're like, oh, wish Cousins was a Hall of Famer and he just isn't. Mm-hmm. And like everybody's wishing yeah. for that. 30, you know, 26 teams right now are looking for a Hall of Fame quarterback and they're failing. And yep. like there are only yep. a couple of them, and like the the Seahawks, if you remember, the Seahawks signed um, uh, Flynn, Matt Flynn, Matt Flynn, Flynn from the Packers. huge freaking deal, and then they drafted Russell Wilson in the third round, and then they showed up to camp and they were like, "Holy shit, Russell Wilson's way better than Matt Flynn." They didn't know, they had no idea, like they literally didn't understand that Russell Wilson was going to be a superstar. And now he's a Hall of Famer. He's MVP candidate. He's a Super Bowl champion. And, you know, like you can say that that teams should be smarter, but it's like sometimes you just luck into an epic player. You get completely lucky. Well, no, I mean, you want to talk about lucky. There's no way Bill Belichick knew Tom Brady as a seventh router was going to give him the production that he did for 15 years. Absolutely. And so a hundred percent. I just think that like Minnesota fans are like, this is kind of like what the Minnesota fans in, collectively have been saying Dalvin Cook is the best running back in football Justin Jefferson should be the rookie of the year Adam Thielen is one of the best receivers in the league we have tons of great tight ends our offensive line sucks and Cousins is terrible just like doesn't that those things all don't go together all of the players are having amazing years we can't protect the quarterback and the quarterback sucks they're not mutually exclusive a lot of fans it has to be pretty good if like all of these guys are having great years like if we had, you know, if we had Carson, Carson Wentz, <laughs> I knew you were going to go with Carson Wentz as the example. You know, if we had, if we had Carson Wentz or Nick Mullins or someone like that, like these guys would not be having the years they're having. They just wouldn't. So I think Cousins is tricky, but he is what he is. He's like Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan was probably a little overrated and Cousins is probably a little underrated and they're both like pretty good. You guys are good at this. Good answers. Well done, Great. boys. Uh, we play the Saints on Christmas Day, uh, 3 o'clock Central Time uh, at New Orleans. New Orleans coming off of a loss to the Chiefs. They need this game. We are dead. I think that the Saints run us on Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm going Vikings by a touchdown. Wow. wow. Why not? Merry just so you get mad about it. All right, so uh, let's move on to the Timberwolves. So they've been playing some preseason games. And oh, yeah. this is like the most overreaction time in the NBA. Where everyone's like, Lonzo, did you see his behind-the-head pass? We fucked up. We should have taken – is that his name, Lonzo? LaMelo. Yeah. 
Lamella, he threw a behind-the-back pass to someone. We should have picked him. It's just like, calm down. We've we'll three Lamella. three-pointers in a row. Lamella? Yeah, that looked pretty cool. Yeah, but so did Edwards. No, he didn't. He had three threes in the first quarter in a row. Oh, the, did he really? Yeah, the last game. Oh, in the against the Mavs, I missed the first quarter. Well, that's cool. He had 17 in the game. He uh, he was really good. He looked athletic. He hit three threes in three minutes. Okay. Um, so I think that we should be excited about Edwards, but we also have to remember that this kid hasn't played basketball in like 10 months. Yeah. And he's 18. Yeah. And that's a great point. Forever, he's going to get off to a slow start. And what they need to do is they need to have him clicking as like a, like, I think that the sign that he is on the right track is that he's averaging 10 points a game, not for the season, but he's averaging 10 points a game for the month of February and March, you know, like those months. Okay. Like, if we get him to a place where he's consistently scoring, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14 points a game, uh, and then he's also filling out other parts of the stat sheet. He's getting some rebounds. He's getting some assists. He's playing some defense. You know, he's not a Wiggins where it's just like Wiggins scored 22 points and he had one rebound. Yep. One assist, you know, and he played 40 minutes. And you're yep. like, how did he do that? Um, so I think that that's where we need to get. Um, the one thing that he's really struggled with is his shooting percentage in the preseason, but who cares? It's the preseason and the kid hasn't played basketball in 10 months and now he's playing against NBA players. So I wouldn't worry too much. I think we should be pretty excited. He looks like an absolute freak athlete. And um, very good news is that Towns has been killing it in limited minutes. Um, he seems like he's still very depressed. So I'm going to temper my expectations for the season, um, but mm -hmm. it's good to see him. And then his name, Noel, Noel, Noel. Yeah. Kind of a nice surprise. He's been torching games, late in games against the backups. That's okay, though. Um, if he could be a little bench piece for us, that would be wonderful as well. So, Well, basketball is a funny game with that, you know, you get confidence, you know. I mean, nobody knew, you know, Van Vliet was going to be really good, but all of a sudden, like, you have a, a, a really good season and a good team around you, and, and you kind of find your groove and your role. I love uh, I love overreaction, Eric, um, although it's it's much more tempered during NBA preseason than it is with, like, arsenal's off season um so i was hoping i was hoping for a little more i was hoping for a little more uh oomph from you on this but um i i i, th I think you're right though in that you know ricky's going to be the starting point guard um we'll bring along you know the guys you know slowly and like he said if, if, as long as they're averaging um a decent amount of points and contributing i think that's gonna uh, bode well for the wolves season a couple things i want to ask you guys about uh, one, does does Towns look bigger to you? I feel like he put on some muscle in this offseason. Like he looks like a, a like a a bulkier uh, player. Wh whether or not that's just me seeing things, he he looks like he's not. Uh, he still looks just as mobile as he was, but then he also looks like muscular, like bigger. I agree. Um, for and and defense then, a little more because he literally plays none, and he's like a, an average defender away from being like a all pro candidate. Yeah. And then my second, my second question is instead of the sophomore slump, are we going to get like a better season out of Jarrett Culver? Because all things in the preseason sort of point to the fact that he's worked on his game quite a bit. He looks a little bit better. He looks a little more comfortable. I feel like if he, if he 
takes his game up a notch, we might have something. I totally I agree with both of those takes. I totally agree, and I keep thinking about the Nuggets. This That's what I've been thinking about. Like, the best-case scenario for the Wolves is that they become the Nuggets, okay? And I'm going to try to sell you on the fact that they could. I'd, I'm not going to guess they will, but this is this is how they become the Nuggets. I um, already, I'm, I'm following you already. I'm into this. Go. So Towns <laughs> is your Jokic, right? Of course. A worse Jokic, but he's whatever. Got, what'd you say? He's a worse Jokic, but okay. He's better in some ways and he's worse in other ways. I'd rather have Jokic, but like they're they're comparable to me. Jokic is a little better, but not. Jokic is a top five player. I, I, let's not, anyway, let's not okay, debate I'm, this. I'm, 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 with your your time. I'm fucking yeah. with your analogy. Go. Okay, so he's your Jokic, right? Um, uh, Russell's got to be your Murray, okay? I and, think Edwards needs to be Murray. Well, maybe eventually, but yeah. he's not going to be in year one this year. Jim, this is Eric Salesman. I cannot help Keep him. quiet. I'm such an <laughs> asshole. Edwards will get there eventually. But so then, then the whole thing with them is that they have a whole roster of these guys who are like good pro players, right? None of them. Are, it's a cast of characters. It's a cast of yeah. like good players who could take over a game and have a big day for you. Um, but you don't need them to. You just need like two of them to have a good day. So you had um, Porter Jr., you had. Um, gosh, uh, Millsap, you have, I don't know. I mean, there's just a whole bunch of these guys, right? And like, if Culver can jump up to be like a solid top six guy on a team, uh, if, if Edwards can give you some of that, if, um, Beasley is a guy who can go off on some of these nights, if Rubio is just a nice steady top 20 ish point guard in the league, if Hernan Gomez can have some of these games, you know, like, I just think that they're, that they're, um, three through seven or eight suddenly looks pretty good to me. And that's what the Clippers were. They were like, we have two star players that can take games. The Nuggets. I'm sorry, the Nuggets. We have two star players who can take games over, but we have all these other guys who are kind of like position flexible, kind of like wing players who can shoot the ball a little bit. And I kind of feel like that's what we're trying to build right now, knowing that we don't yet have that third star. And the best thing that could happen this year is that Edwards – Culver, Beasley, Hernan Gomez, um, any of these guys. Uh, Jake Lehman. Um, yeah, Lehman. Um, the, <laughs> the two other rookies, Bolmero and um, Daniel. If, those, if that group of guys can be good, not great, but just good, they suddenly become major trade assets. So, like, if Edwards is really good and you could trade him for uh, Devin Booker next offseason, that's great news for us. You know, if you could trade Culver and Booker to go get yourself in the sweepstakes for a, a superstar player, that is the dream scenario. So I'm just hoping that the the supporting cast of the Wolves kind of goes off this year. And it, Culver's a critical piece to that because he sucked year one. And it sounds like he's really shooting the ball well. Um, he got a little bit bigger. He's trying to, to be a little bit more of a threat on the offensive end. And if he can, that's such a boost because I'd kind of written him off. Um, well, then, and then, like you said, um, even with the new GM, I wonder if uh, Rosas will play or or help facilitate from a uh, advanced analytics point. You know, matchup exploitations. Like guy like Layman is going to really succeed against X team because their you know backup so and so is not very good at defending the three and he's undersized. Or like you said, you know, it's a it's a Josh Okogie night. 
and you know that kind of he catches fire and so he he plays 30 minutes yeah you didn't even mention so yeah i think as as long as they're able to navigate those kind of complicated waters and understand like um who's going to have success on one night and 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 you know maybe someone else plays a few less minutes as long as the players are able to accept those roles i think i think we could surprise some teams i don't think we're playoff ready but i think we're certainly going to be an improved team this season. I just want to be in the mix. Like, I don't care if we make the playoffs, but, like, if we're not competitive for the playoffs, I'm going to be a little annoyed. you got to be better than last year. I want um, to be in that 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 area where, like, we could get into one of those play-in games for the playoffs. Do you guys remember last year when you mentioned Jared Culver was horrible? I mean, just, like, trash. And <laughs> He was not point, good. Do you remember when he – drove down the lane and like dunked on somebody. Yeah. And then he lands out on the ground. He's like, yeah, I'm like that. Uh, <laughs> and it was like celebrating a, a long putt for like a triple bogey. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I love the kid. I want that fireman. And if he can back it up, I, I, I really, really want him to be awesome. I want the reverse sophomore slump from him. Yeah. Why not? I believe in, in Rosas. Um, I'm probably foolish to do that, but I do think that he's, he has a plan in place and you can see it. And like, like I said, if, if Edwards is amazing, that's great. But like Edwards being an asset is just as important as him, like as anything, like if he can be the man here, that's awesome. But if he can just be like, yeah, he's really going to be good in the next couple of years. Well, he's a big asset for you at that point too. And the more assets you have, the better you're going to be, whether they're with you or whether you use them to go get something else. So I'm a little more hopeful than I was a few weeks ago. I think that they are a nine seed. Nine or ten seed is where I see them. That gets you in. Yeah. Because there are seven, ten, and eight, nine matchups. Yeah, but at the, and at the same time, like to go from what we have nineteen wins last season, something like that. Yeah, it wasn't great. To be in the conversation for a playing game, I think is a big leap for a franchise like the Wolves to in one season to turn that around. I think that's a big deal. I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, I'm going to watch it all anyways. Well, and then and then you can always go back to your old trope of uh, uh well, I just want them to have. I I just want the games to be fun. I just want if, if we start, God, I don't expect them to win. I just want them to have fun. You need to have some winning in order to have fun. Just enough. I just want the guys to be the more better friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's the friendships they'll make along the way. What about the uh, how how hyped was your uh, Wolves fandom, Jim, in the early season two years ago when we had gotten Butler and Wiggins banked in that three to beat? I think it was Oklahoma City. At the last second, and we're like, "Oh shit, we might actually have a really good team." Peaking, I was peaking, my pants were peaking. It was, uh, it was a very big, big moment. I was like, and then Butler goes down, he's hurt. We lose all these games. We get the low seed. We fucking lose to the win one game against the the Rockets. But yeah, man, that was that was like as good as the Wolves get right there, which is pretty sad. All right, guys, let's move on to something that hasn't been good all year. That's the Gopher football team. Yeah. They uh, lose the axe to fall to three and four on the year. They let it slip right through their fingers. Um, this game yeah. was possible to watch. My biggest takeaway from the year um, with the Gophers is Tanner Morgan sucks. <laughs> and that is really a shame because 
Um, I saw some places where he was like the sixth, seventh, eighth favorite to win the Heisman this year. Coming off of last year where he looked pretty good and he was, you know, a super senior and he was going to be, he's been bad. I think he's only a junior. Oh, really? We have one more year of him. Oh, okay. They were talking, I mean, they were talking like top four rounds as a QB. He's bad. Being drafted for him. That's not going to happen. He's like a bad player. It's a huge disappointment. He's the most disappointing Minnesota athlete of the whole year. Hmm. He is. I mean, for real, like, I, I he was supposed to be the reason that we were going to have this continued winning, and he is, like, one of the main reasons, besides COVID, uh, which is by far the main reason, that we are not, and that sucks. Um, this game was awful to watch, and uh, the Gophers have declined a, an offer to go to a bowl game this year. That's just not even worth it for them. There's so much COVID in the team and university. So many guys out, such a negative season. Um, I did say on here a few weeks ago, everyone's like, get rid of Fleck. This is not the year to judge Fleck. It just isn't. This team has been decimated by COVID. It's a crazy year. The season was canceled. Then it started. Bateman was off the team. Then he was on the team. Then he was off the team again. They were missing 30-plus guys for multiple games. They have been just trying to keep it together. They haven't done the. They pulled, they had a they had a kicker that they pulled off the street to come it's in just, and and kick for them. It's just this is not the year to be judging his job, you know, and it, how long we should be sticking with him as our coach. If he does poorly the next two years, then you can say that. But this just absolutely insane COVID season is just one that we just need to forget. Yeah, just pretend it didn't happen. And uh, it also shows you how shitty college football is that a three and four team who's beaten nobody would get a bowl invite. <laughs> like, yeah. what a scam that is. I wouldn't watch that game if you paid me. Um, all right, guys, we'll end with some soccer talk. Uh, you guys want to start with Champions League or the Premier League? Let's do Champions League. Just run through that. Yeah, there's not a lot to write home about. but All right, so the Champions League draw um, happened move into the round of 16. This round is a home and home series. So each team gets a home game and it goes by aggregate score. So combining the scores of the two games, uh, the first tiebreaker is away goals. If you're tied on away goals and goals after the time, you go into extra time and eventually penalties. Um, So here is your round of 16 matchups. The first one is Borussia Mönchengladbach from the German Bundesliga versus the Man City citizens of the English Premier League. Is that a matchup that gets you guys excited? Well, I hope they lose. No. No. Okay. It's kind of boring. City. That was just so No, Jim, Jim, I got to tell you this. You don't hope that they lose. You need Yeah, I know. I remember that. You want them to continue on so that there's a greater chance that you get more teams in. Got to have them. You got to Got to have the English teams win, or in two years, if Liverpool is t- finishes fourth, they might go to the Europa League instead. So you cheer for Tottenham in the round of 16? Um, Do you cheer for Tottenham in the round of 16? I'll cheer for every team except for Tottenham. Okay, well, maybe I cheer for every team except for City. I like them. Why? That doesn't make any sense. I don't sense. give a shit. I don't like them. I don't like, I don't like how they look and what they do. <laughs> okay, good. Now we got, hey, we got Jim fired up hating some teams, yeah. so I love that. Yeah. I love that. All right, next up, uh, Lazio, the more fascist side of Rome versus <laughs> Bayern Munich. 
Oh, shocking that Byron got like the the cake. easiest yeah. team to to play. They uh, yeah, they're gonna pound them. Lazio is a pretty team. Uh, also, you guys know. There's two teams in Rome. There's Roma and Lazio, and they're bitter rivals. And Lazio is the, like, more fascist, crazy, intense, racist fans, and Roma is, the like, the more chill, um, cooler fans that we like more and, like, believe. So the Catholics, Catholics and the Lutherans. Yeah. I think <laughs> probably drowned by more traditional political things, but I'm going to I know. I was just, I was just kidding. Because the... The Lutherans are way more chill. Like they don't, you're not standing up and sitting down and kneeling and following all these chants and creeds and all that. Less frankincense for sure. Next up, we have Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea. Ryan, how do you feel about this matchup? It's a horrendous matchup for us. (laughs) I mean, seriously, it's the worst possible draw. They sit back and defend better than, I don't know, 90% of clubs in Europe. And we have nobody that can break down defenses like that. So it's a, it's a nightmare matchup for Chelsea. Chelsea just has to score first in this. They have to. If they don't, if they get behind, they're going to drown. It is a bad matchup. For Chelsea sure. is young, still very young. And even though they have freak athletes and big players, um, it's, just, it's just human genetics that people fill out and get bigger and stronger as they get older. And it's a much more veteran um, Atletico team, an Atletico team that knocked out James's Liverpool last year as well, mm-hmm. and and they're third in La Liga, second in La Liga. Yeah. Like they're having a really like good season. Like this is a and Simeone knows how to you know coach uh, Champions League matchups, and Diego Costa is coming for the Chelsea ass. Like he might, he might score six goals himself. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised. It is a tough matchup, but it should be a fun one. That's so far the one that I'm the most excited about. Is, yep, me too. Uh, is I'm glad I didn't draw, draw him, but good luck. Um, the next one is Red Bull Leipzig from Germany versus James's Liverpool. How do you feel about this matchup? Uh, it's a great matchup. You know, it's not Atletico. We'll, we'll, um, we'll get past him. So, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be probably one of the more intriguing matchups. It might be. It might be more open um, than people might think. Uh, Leipzig's got a pretty solid attack, um, but so does Liverpool. So I think uh, it's going to be. It might be one of those uh, like Leeds versus you know whomever, where it's like for Leeds versus Liverpool, yeah. where you're like Jesus Christ, they came out and punched us in the mouth a little bit. Yeah. Um, Leipzig's got a pretty pretty solid club, so I think that's a that's a that'll be a fun one to watch. But I think Liverpool. Still I wins. like the home and away aspect of this round because, like, if that happens, Liverpool will come out fucking hard on the second game and hopefully make up anything that they fucked up by underestimating Red Bull Leipzig. Leipzig just signed one of the big free agents in the world, Dominic Sabaslai, from Red Bull um, Salzburg. One of their, their their sister brother clubs, whatever. Um, Liverpool gets through easily, though. I don't think it's easy. Leipzig is a good battle tested team who went deep in the Champions League last year. Liverpool wins though. Okay, it'll be a good game. There's there's star players on this Leipzig team. But Liverpool, All right, what's next? What? What's next? Uh, next is uh, Porto from Portugal versus Juventus uh, from Italy. I like Juventus. I think this might be the easiest matchup of the whole thing. That's a pushover. Yeah. That's Bayern. Ronaldo's going to score four. I, I think that's the least competitive. One fun thing about it, though, is you get Ronaldo, who, you know, Messi and Ronaldo, it's so fun to watch them. 
late in their career, we should cherish the moments that we still get from them um, as they're getting up there in age. I think Ronaldo's 35 years old now. Um, so any great moments from him are fun. And it's going to be great to see him go back to Portugal, um, where he started his career. He's the greatest Portuguese athlete of all time by a lot. So it'll be fun that he gets a game in Portugal in the Champions League. Um, next up, uh, I'm going to skip one. Uh, next up is like a, a, a matchup that's not exciting on paper, but I think um, hardcore soccer fans will think this is an amazing matchup. That is Sevilla from Spain versus Dortmund, Borussia Dortmund from Germany. These are two of the best. But Dortmund's in, Dortmund's in shambles right now. Yes, they just fired their coach. Um, but Dortmund has awesome talent. I mean, they, infinite talent. They, these are really fun teams. Um, they're is two this, of the Holland. Yep, Holland, okay. Sancho, Reyna, Brandt. Uh, you know, they're loaded with cool talent. Who's the 16-year-old that just scored for them, too? The Cameroon kid. Hey, can we remember when I brought him up on the pod? No. Okay, this is not a time to toot your horn. <laughs> Let's talk about the Champions League match. Uh, uh, the script, okay? You never said anything that was right. Two of the best two of the best run teams in the world, um, Dortmund and Sevilla. It's going to be fun. Uh, Eric, I just have a quick question. Who's the Sevilla coach? Uh, Emery. Uh, who did he coach before? Arsenal. Oh, okay. And PSG. I, I couldn't remember. Sevilla. Last year. Yeah. Um, he's the master of getting Sevilla deep into these tournaments. And then uh, finally, or the, the next one, Atalanta, the darlings of last year's tournament versus Real Madrid. Um, we killed them in our group. And then, uh, you know, Madrid should be the heavy favorites there. And then the, the best matchup of the whole thing a struggling Barcelona versus PSG. Neymar back against his old team. Neymar and Mbappe versus Messi. Um, I think PSG is going to put it on them and kind of end this version of Barcelona once and for all. Sounds fun. That'll be a fun one. That's that. And so let's let's say Barcelona gets bounced. Does uh, does Messi leave at the end of the season? Yeah, he's leaving for sure. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's definitely like the marquee matchup of the first round. Contract is up in the, the first center. round of sixteen. Free to go outside. Also, let's just let's just also once again remind our listeners that the setup for the Champions League knockout rounds is elite and second to none in terms of a playoff system. I don't care about the NFL playoffs. NBA playoffs can't hand a, can't hold a candle to this until it gets down to like maybe the final four teams, but having an aggregate score where you play one home game or, or one game at one place and the other one at this place and it's the aggregate score. It's not necessarily like oh we were one and one, you know. It doesn't matter who wins the match. It's it's the most goals and then the most away goals is unbelievably superior to any other major sport in the world. And nobody was the bigger beneficiary than that, than Liverpool two seasons ago when they had like, what was it? The four nil deficit. Yeah, Crazy. One of the and craziest games I've ever watched. One of the most insane matches I've ever seen in my life. On Messi's team. I mean, on fucking Messi and all he could, Messi did not score. All he could do was fucking whine and bitch. It was awesome. Um. All right, guys, let's move on to the Premier League. Okay. So the Premier League. Um. 
someone who should be happy about the Premier League is James. Yeah. Um, four points clear right now? Um, four points clear with a game in hand on um, – Man United has a game in hand. They could go three points – or two points behind with a win. Okay. Um, yeah, no, it looks great. And, I mean, huge couple weeks, obviously. Um, by the way, I'm starting to get the vibes on Tottenham as well. Who's the name of their manager again? Jose. Jose Mourinho. That guy sucks. For him to go up to Klopp at the end and be like, Ugh, the better the better team lost today. Like, And then he, he doubles down on it in his presser. Like, what a little baby. And, like, Jurgen handled it, just laughed in his face. Loved it. Loved it. Love Jurgen. Um, I'm, like, getting anti-Tottenham vibes more than before. I'll just say that. He's, it felt very good. The wind felt amazing. Mourinho is only playing mind games at all times. Sure, I don't care. He's not. He's not really being a crying baby. He's literally just trying to get under people's skin and just be a douchebag. And he's the master of that kind of crap. But we'll go through quick. Liverpool, um, first in the league, looking like the champs. I think they'll strengthen in January. I keep saying that um, they're the best team in the league. They're the most talented. They have the most consistent attack. They have the best coach. Um, they've lost their top two center backs, and they're still not really missing a beat. Um, that Jones kid is unbelievable too. He popped out of nowhere, came out of the system, just like Alexander Arnold. He's he's Curtis Jones has been like a big time prospect though for them. Yeah, right. I mean, like he's they've known he was going to be a star for them, but crazy. Not out of nowhere. You're right. Crazy how young he is to be, you know, regularly playing and contributing on that team of superstars that in the last few years has won the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, I think, he, yeah, and, and sort of this year just kind of forced into action yeah, just due to personnel injuries and all that. Um, so, yeah, there's they're, they're the cream of the crop. Um, they have been this whole time. It's just they have a loss and four draws this year, um, which is a lot worse than their last season. But they're also missing their top two center backs. They've missed multiple midfielders up for big chunks of the season. They are Salah had COVID twice. Um, <laughs> Leicester City is the. I I just don't know how people couldn't respect them and like them. I mean, they are just doing it the right way at all times. They make all the right decisions. They kick everyone's ass. They play with all the top teams. They don't have the money to do it. They sell brilliantly. I mean, they're just an awesome club. They're in second. They look like uh, they're going to force their way into one of those Champions League spots um, if things are to continue on how they are. Uh, the next group is definitely your Man United, Everton, Tottenham, Southampton, Man City, Chelsea group, where I think all of those teams are good. Um, I don't know if any of them can win the title at this point. I, If I had to pick one, I would still say City. Um, but that whole group, they're flawed, but they're good. That whole group is good. Um, to me, this I know Liverpool is not as good as last year. Like you mentioned, they've dropped more points and have injuries and all that. But I think this second group you're describing is better than last year. Like there's more competition at this level. It's not as steep of a drop-off. Well, United is much better than they have been. Um, City's still good. Chelsea and Tottenham, they lost a little luster in the past 10 days, but they are both still really good teams. And then you had Southampton and Everton have joined the party as like really good teams this year. They're scoring. Yeah. Southampton is insane. They're really a fun team. And they've the the only loss that they've had in the past two months is 
uh, game that they were up two zip and they lost three two to United, and they mm-hmm. shouldn't have. And so they're actually a really fun team this year. Um, Everton has been really good. I mean, the league is just there's a lot of talent, and then right behind them is uh, Aston Villa, who stayed up on the last day. They have Jack Grealish, who is like going to be in the conversation for player of the year for the league if he can. And they they have two games in hand, don't they? Um, or do they just have, they have one? two games in hand for Liverpool? They're yeah. at 22 points. They could go three points behind Liverpool if they won both of those games. Yeah, if two wins. Yeah, assuming that all stays the same. Yeah. And it's fun. Grealish is English. He's kind of like the forgotten man of the English players. He's still like 24 years old is all. And he is shredding the league up right now. So it's really fun to watch that. Um, the next crew, you know, West Ham, Wolves, uh, Newcastle, Crystal Palace looked good until uh, playing Liverpool this weekend. Um, but those are all fine. And then you get all the way down to 15th place where my team, the Arsenal, is in absolute shambles. <laughs> shambles. You can't win a game, dude. I keep rooting for you so much, and you can't win. Oh, my gosh. We're horrible. Like, yeah. we're not – I don't think we're bad enough to get relegated. But, like, the fact that I have to say don't think now is pretty scary. Scary. They're – um, remember that after the remember after the first match of the season and you said, um, how funny is it that we signed Chelsea's best player? God, Ryan has said this three weeks in a row. He won't let it go. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. After I watch William again do absolutely nothing, I got to keep rubbing it in just a little the bit. Arsenal fan. Especially, especially when we, we poached Giroud from you and he's been on an absolute bender for Chelsea. And William has done nothing. Um, William is the worst signing in the history of Arsenal, and the fans hate him so much already. Um, the team is an absolute disaster. Um, they supposedly are not going to get rid of their coach. They need to sell players so badly. But the combination of like all of the other leagues, I don't know if you guys know this, but the other leagues are in deep trouble. Like The French League is in deep financial trouble right now. Um, a bunch of the leagues are really struggling except for PSG. Yeah. But yeah. but like the league itself is in a big, um, dispute over like the television rights right now. Like they're in deep shit. And so Arsenal had a little bad luck because they knew they needed to sell this summer, but then COVID hit and like 90% of the teams didn't have enough money to buy players. So they couldn't really sell the guys. So now they have this giant bloated roster of guys who don't want to be there or they don't want to be there. It's a disaster. So um, the the good news is is that Barstool signed uh, um, some of the big Arsenal guys to come do a podcast there. So the misery is all over their website um, because yeah. they cover every game exclusively, and it is just a train wreck, guys. It's like I wake up two days a week right now to just get brutally abused for two hours. And then I just go on with my day and I'm like, I pick, I chose to do that. Right. It's that bad. Dude. I got up at six 30 to watch the match and they won seven to zero and it was worth it. That's the first time I've actually gotten up for the six 30 match on time. Are you proud what you've done to me? I'm very proud. Um, I woke up and watched my team and I was excited that they scored a goal from open play this week. Right. Yeah, you scored one. I mean, you lost by one, but you scored one. Well, in the first game of the week, we played Southampton. We drew 1-1. We got our seventh red card um, yes. in, in under a year. Uh, the next highest team has three. 
And uh, yeah, we scored a goal from open play. So there we go. We're making. Well, you guys, and you definitely tried to get another. You tried to go for that eighth red card in the last match. Oh, we. Well, I mean, there were there were guys flying all over the place with their their spikes up, and they just got lucky that they didn't get. Well, them. It's like we're attempting to get them at this point. So, guys, I have to tell you that's why I have moved on from sports, and I officially am just a fan of the challenge. <laughs> and go for hockey. It hasn't. It hasn't improved. In fact, it's gotten worse. I tried to watch it. The challenge. Yeah. Oh no! This season, no, double agents with TJ Lavin. No, I told you, the challenge has gotten so much better because they made it now for the first time, season 35 last year, they made it so you had to go into one of the eliminations to get a red skull to get into the final. So no one can... Don't care. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep with my eyes I can't believe... What were you saying? I can't believe that I'm making a joke about the challenge as my sports replacement, and you guys are making grandpa jokes over the top of it. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I think that was just sense, me. Um, <laughs> it's also that it. bad of a take. They grew up on it. Season 35. Who grew up on it? Grandpas. No. Me. Because it's fucking old. On it. Stop that. It's made for you guys. All right, guys, that is all the time we have. Tune in to our Nordy uh, nominations episode coming out. Uh, tomorrow. It's going to be one of our big episodes. The Nordies are just around the corner. You guys have one week to let us know where your allegiances lie when it comes to some of the biggest topics in the world. Best TV show, best movie, best sports team in Minnesota, best beer of 2020, all of these things. Let us know. Tune into that episode. Until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast. 